from the Flying Tea Studio at Roxo Media House, this is Frogs Today with special guests Hector Gutierrez, head coach of the TCU Beach Volleyball Team, Fellowship of Christian Athletes Director Chauncey Franks, Frog Third Baseman Braden Taylor, and our headliner, the Hall of Famer Ladanian Tomlinson. And here's your host, the voice of the frogs, Brian Estridge. Welcome in. It is another edition of Frogs Today. I'm Brian Estridge. And boy, do we have a lineup for you here, including a headliner like none other. We'll talk about that in just a couple of minutes. But let's reflect back. Had the Final Four last week, of course, down in New Orleans. Big 12 represented by Kansas. Some great college basketball games. Think about this. So who played Kansas better than anyone in the country? You have to look at TCU, don't you? The Frogs obviously beat them once, lost uh, to them in Lawrence, and then uh, the Big 12 tournament, we know how that turned out. Here is now Kansas, national champion. That has to put in perspective for us, doesn't it, where TCU basketball is right now under head coach Jamie Dixon. By the way, congratulations to Coach Dixon and his uh, assistant coaches. All got new contracts, deservingly so from uh, Jeremiah Donati. Good to see our man Tony Benford, too, by the way, the assistant head coach. Maybe it's associate head coach. That might be his title. Anyway, uh, TB got himself a three-year deal, and uh, we're excited to have these guys around now. It's Jamie Dixon. Um, shopping a little bit, has a couple of spots to fill, obviously, with Mike Miles' decision and Fran Farabella's decision, but this roster, I think, is going to be okay, and you got to like where TCU basketball sits right now. I guess the other big news was the uh, announcement that Bob Bowlesby, Big 12 commissioner, uh, will be resigning here sto- shortly, retiring uh, from that position. Big shoes to fill here. Um, you know, a lot of folks look at that commissioner's job. That's a no-win situation. That's a tough job. And a lot of people look at the job that Bob Bowlesby did and question a couple of moves here and there. Yet Oklahoma and Texas obviously announced that they're going to leave. I think I think Commissioner Bowlesby did a really good job in his um, tenure uh, at the Big 12. The thing about Bob Bowlesby is uh, he he brings people together. There's an old phrase back in the South where they said, we ought to all be singing out of the same hymnal. And that's the one thing that guys in the Big 12 have done over the years under his leadership. Kudos to him. Best of luck in the future. And excited to see who the Big 12 turns to now as commissioner. We're going to fill you in on all the other news of the week. Maggie Hell's going to have that a little bit later on. Uh, we've got uh, Hector Gutierrez, who just happens to have his uh, beach volleyball team number two in the country. Great conversation with him coming up. We're going to meet one of our TCU baseball guys. They're going to stop by as they continue their run through the Big 12. Big announcement about an event coming up that will honor the past here at TCU, maybe in a way that we haven't done before. We'll get into that. Uh, And our headliner, a gentleman by the name of Ladanian Tomlinson. Will he be in the gold jacket? We'll find out soon enough here on Frogs Today. But right now, we start it all off with the news of the week, and we do that with Maggie Hale. Maggie. Thanks, Brian, and a lot to catch up on this week. Starting us out strong, Caitlin McNabb representing the Horn Frogs women's golf team at the Silverado Showdown. Making a statement, McNabb finished runner-up, her third runner-up finish of the season. And TCU baseball snapping their losing stint in Arlington Tuesday night against UTA. The Frogs ran away with the game and attended to victory. We'll be seeing them in action again tonight down in Austin to battle number seven, Texas. 
And if you're making the trip down to Austin this weekend, be sure to stick around Saturday to watch the men's tennis team. The number three Frogs will take on the 11th ranked Longhorns. TCU has been dominating the Big 12 as they come off wins against Texas Tech and number four Baylor Bears. Also in action this weekend, the women's beach volleyball team standing at number two in their rankings after their first loss of the season to USC. The Frogs will work to get back on track this weekend with a long weekend in Tallahassee. Be sure to join us next week for the recap. And let's go ahead and send it right back over to Brian. Our next guest on Frogs today has a terrific story that actually made me do a little work this time. Uh, if you please uh, would welcome the uh, head coach of the uh, beach volleyball program here at TCU, Hector Gutierrez. Hector, come on out, my man. Hey, man, how you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for having me. Hector is the um, only guy that I know from the Canary Islands. <laughs> I mean, that's... That, that's a long way away, my man. It is. Yeah. It is. A, a Spanish archipelago, right? There's about, what, eight, nine, eight. ten of those islands off eight. the coast? There are eight of them? Eight. Off the coast of Africa. Uh-huh. How long did you live there? Uh, 27 years. So, so you kind of grew up on the Canary oh, yeah, Islands. Yeah. So, if I, so if I ask you what a parrotfish is, you know what it is. Uh-huh. You, you eat parrotfish. I mean, we do. We yeah. fish them, too. You fish, yeah, <laughs> they're fun to do, right? Yeah. yeah. The, um, um, do you miss home at all? I do. I mean, the the lifestyle is different. Yeah. You know, when you grow up in an island and you like every day. Right. Like that's uh, the backyard, and you know you got your sandwich in your backpack and your sandals after school and, and go to the beach though. And you know it's, it's a different pace too. Yeah. Um, island time, right? Huh? Everything's on island time. Uh, oh man. yeah. Everything uh, island time. Friends are there. Family's there. So I really enjoy it when I'm when I go back. Yeah. It it, it is a Spanish territory, right? It is, uh, right? yeah. and and then you spend a lot of time in Spain. Uh -huh. So I guess that's you know there there's your tie. That's why you do a lot of folks from the Canaries end up going to Spain. Yeah, I mean and, the mainland is um, it's kind of far if you go by boat, of right? course. Um, by plane, it's like around three hours. Okay, not too bad. Not too bad. So I mean we we're pretty well connected too. Yeah. Every island has an airport and everything. So but you we're really familiar. What I play there professionally, we travel a lot to the mainland to play. Did you? So, yeah. Did you did you play in uh, mainland Europe or did you travel to Morocco both. and play Africa? Both. Yeah. Both. We, we did both. Wow. That's, that's awesome, though. The mm -hmm. Canary Islands. You all have, they have cable TV and internet and everything, right? Yeah, they I, do. I was looking it up, man. It's like, it's plush there. I know. It's great. It might it's be like a vacation a, spot. It is. It's a big vacation. I will compare it to like what Hawaii means to the yeah. mainland here. Yeah. Pretty much the same. Do folks in Europe travel to Canaries as yes. if it is kind of like that? A lot of UK people, northern, like from Sweden, yeah. Norway, because the you know the winters there are tough. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> so they go down south and spend like months there. How how often do you get back? I try to go once a year. Do you? Yeah, with COVID, I couldn't yeah. for two years, right. but I was there this past Christmas. Oh, that's cool. You know, with my family, so that was the first time that we went as a family after COVID, and trying to go once a year. You kind of you, you've seen the world. I mean, you, you grew up in the <laughs> yeah. Canary Islands, spent some time in Spain. Then when you were coaching Slovakia in Germany uh, in, in international volleyball, uh -huh. were, you, were you living there as yeah. well? Were you spending time there? Yeah, I spent like pretty much you go and live there for seven, eight months out yeah. of the year. You know, you travel around the world too because of tournaments. Right. You know, it's like I compare it with the tennis as well. You yeah. know, every, every week you're somewhere different. But yeah, the, the hub, my house was in... In, in Germany and right. in Slovakia. And I went home. We do a lot of like training camps, <clears throat> excuse me, in the Canary Islands because mm -hmm. that's where a lot of uh, top European things go and practice. And yeah, it was like Canary Islands, 
Germany, Slovakia, around the world, yeah, for a couple of months out of the year. How many languages do you speak? Only two. Yeah? Only English two. or Spanish? Yeah. Uh -huh. So, Germany, you had well, a... English, I'm trying to. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, 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 did you have an interpreter in, in Germany, or did they... No, they all, they, all, they all speak English, though. Do they? You know, yeah. yeah so Slovakia English. as well? Yes. Most yeah. of them speak yeah. English? Yeah. yeah. I mean, not all of them, but the players right. do, because it's the international tour. Yeah. That's how... They go with the main language. Everybody speaks English. Most important question. I mean, you, you've lived in Texas. You've lived in Florida. You've lived in <laughs> California. You've been in the Canary Islands, Germany, Slovakia. Who's got the best food? Well, Spain. Spain. So far, yeah. I mean, Tapas. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little flavor, you know, yeah. that uh, more, more to choose from. You know, yeah. a lot of good food, though. I mean, I can't complain the food here. Right, right, right. Don't right. take me wrong, but... You know, you had the fish, the meat, yeah. the, you know, all the, the Mediterranean the, yeah. in Spain is a little bit different. The best thing about it, when you, in Spain, when you go and, you, and you're ordering drinks there, is you get food free, right? Yeah. Essentially, in yeah. the bars. They get you somehow. Yeah. Yeah, they, somehow they're getting it. Yeah. yeah, you're paying $33 for the drink, but, <laughs> exactly. but you, you know, you, you got a croissant out of it. Yeah, they, they want you, I guess they want you to stay there as long as you can Yeah. You know, so they give you a but little bit. But I think it's a great concept, man. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's, it's about to to go and enjoy your time. It's yeah. a lot of uh, outdoor going in the sense of like, go to a restaurant, go outside. Right. And not just go to eat, just to hang out as well. You dine, and that's yeah. usually late at night too, yep. right? Later yeah. at night. Like 10, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there are two things that the, that the Spanish do, that they, they have it right. One is that, and the second thing is the siesta. Yeah. I love yeah. the afternoon. But this funny part is I don't take siestas here. I don't you have don't, time. I, I know you don't have time here, I know. But but <laughs> in Spain, they'll shut it down for a few hours, right? They, yeah. 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 You'll still see it in more, Cuba and places like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, before it was more. Now it's less, but it's still, like, some people go back home after work. I mean, I, don't, I think it's at 1, 1 p.m. and come back at 4. Right. And work from 4 to 7. Yeah. Take the little nap at home, you yeah. know. Well, you see less than that nowadays, but it's still. Yeah. yeah. L, our producer's giving me a hard time. We got to talk volleyball. Uh, I could talk to you all day about all this, all this other stuff. No. Uh, but here you are. You're sitting at what, 28 and 1? Uh -huh. uh, number two in the country. Uh -huh. Even though you beat number one two times. <laughs> I mean, what, who's doing the polling here? I mean, it must be a bunch of football <laughs> well, guys. I don't know what else to do. Right yeah, now, what, else, right? what, else, what else can <laughs> yeah. you do? Uh, but uh, last year was great. You finished number uh -huh. eight. Uh, and, and you really built off of that with, uh -huh. with, a, with a great mix of both uh, Hispanic, or excuse me, uh, international and also uh, uh, local players as well, yeah. right? It, it, it really has tied in nicely, hasn't it? It has, yeah. I mean, it's been, as you said, like um, from the last few years, especially last year when we, I mean, kind of break through it and right. went to the top eight, it's, uh, it's been difficult because only eight teams in the country until this year were allowed to go at a almost 100 so yeah. the, the percentage was pretty low this year is 16 so they open it a little bit more which is great but um as you said like the mix with local kids and internationals have helped us to you know to make like a huge improvement in mm -hmm. the last year and a half well think about it too you play in the only league in the country that has college of charleston and lsu in it you know <laughs> college of charleston lsu florida state right and yeah we get this right unc wilmington yeah yeah we're it, we're in the middle there yeah yeah kind of kind of worked it in the there, ccsa man. i yeah. know i don't know how we get in there but <laughs> but we're there we're happy i think um they made us better you know yeah. we got in a conference that uh, we have a lot of big schools south carolina's there too yeah icc schools so um, and when we get there, when, when I got the job here, I knew um, that was where we were heading, you know, yeah. and I was uh, happy about it. I mean, the competition was tough, but it made us better because I don't want to lose and our girls don't want to lose. So the right. only way was like trying to fight harder back, you know, even like 
we know originally it doesn't make any sense for yeah. us, right? Yeah. But um, I'm happy where we are now, and, and that helped us to get here. The, uh, the atmosphere at your games is unbelievable. Uh, yeah. He, he, even Coach Dykes was out cooking hamburgers, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, he came down, and yeah, that was awesome. That was, uh, that was great that he wanted yeah. to come and, and help us out. We built that atmosphere there that people can come and good, like, see good level of beach volleyball yeah. and, and have a good time. It's like family friendly, you know, everyone comes with their dog, with their babies. Yes. They sit down around there. They have, you know, uh, we got food out there. Right. A little bit of music going on and during the game. There's a so, lot of music at times. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. weather has been really good yes, this year, has. too. But one, that was really cold. But more than that, it's been, it been great. And we're just looking forward for the next home game. Yeah, looking forward to that, man. I really appreciate you coming by. Of course. Can we do this again? Oh, anytime. I got a lot more I got to talk. I got to learn a lot more from you. Anytime. You know, when anytime. you come by. By the way, Hector is the uh, answer to the greatest trivia question in TCU athletics history. Do you know that? No. Who's the only coach? at TCU to never lose to another team from the state of Texas. Wow. You've, right. never, you've never lost to a team from no, Texas. No, no. Let's keep it that way. What are you, like 26-0, something like that, against Texas schools? Yeah. I think, oh, I think so. I haven't counted, but, I mean, I have to 20, take never, your word. never lost to a Texas That's school. That's good. That's good. Keep going. Thank you. All right. Thank well, you. Let's figure out, we'll figure out a way to get to number one, right? We will. It's going to be hard. Mean, it's going to be hard. It's you know what? You might just have to win yeah. the whole dang thing. We will. Yeah. I mean, that's a, apparently that's the only way. Then, right? That'll be okay. So, man. but yeah, I'm okay with it. I mean, the girls are doing a great job. And, and right now, the seating is what it is. Yeah. But uh, we just want to be one at the end of the year. All right. Hector yeah. Gutierrez, the, uh, the uh, beach volleyball coach here at TCU. Coming up next, Chauncey Franks is going to join us from the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It's a big event coming up. We want to fill you in on the details in this. You're going to want to mark your calendar. We do it next when Frogs Today continues. In a moment. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain. Refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water. And rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. On her new video podcast show, Curb Appeal, TV personality Kirby Schnoor talks about everything that appeals to her most with her best friend and City Boots owner and founder, Lizzie Bentley. Joined by their friends and special guests, they cover fashion, food, music, art, and Western culture while giving you a behind-the-scenes look at their lives, favorite places, and things to do in Fort Worth. Curb Appeal drops new episodes weekly at CurbAppealShow.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Curb Appeal is a Roxo Media House production. Every Sunday is Family Day at Lupton Stadium this season. Family Day includes dollar hot dogs, a super frog kid zone featuring face painters and inflatables, plus an ice cream helmet giveaway at the gates. After the games, the first 150 kids can run the bases and get autographs from the entire team. So grab the family, come out every Sunday for Family Day at the ballpark. Presented by All Saints Episcopal School and Old South Pancake House. Back to the Flying Tea Club studios we come. Our next guest is one of our favorites, folks. This guy's 
making a difference on the TCU campus and in the world as well. Terrific father, great husband. We honored to call him a friend as well. With a big announcement here today, please welcome. He's got some big title, character, life, coach. Anyway, he runs the FCA at TCU. His name is Chauncey Frank. Come on out, Chauncey. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, brother. How you doing, brother? Man? Always a pleasure. Yes. This guy is doing great work. What What is that title? It's about that. It doesn't fit on a business card. What are you man, doing? It's, it's too much. But uh, recently, I stepped into a new position where right. I am the Metro, Fort Worth Metro Director. So I will oversee the growth of FCA, all of Tarrant County, uh, up to Wichita Falls, uh, Alito, Mansfield, and Arlington, and still simultaneously overseeing the ministry here at TCU. I love that. So the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, for those who don't know, you have you have folks on campuses, high school campuses, yes, sir. all around the Metroplex, right? Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. We and, have, and, and some of them are labeled in certain areas, right? Districts, others are at specific schools, aren't correct, they? Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah, we have huddles, what we call, we have huddle sponsors. So we'll have a, a coach or a sponsor mm -hmm. on a campus who oversees the FCA ministry there. And we'll have local representatives who go train, disciple those individuals that they can do the ministry of FCA on those campuses, high schools and junior highs across the Metroplex area. I, I love one of the things that you've told me over the years, and, and, and this makes, makes my heart smile, is when you hear from schools who don't have a huddle. Yeah. And they'll, and they'll call you up. How, how do we how do we get one of those? Yep. Or or you've got a coach who gets a new job. Yep. It goes into a school that doesn't have an FCA mm -hmm. huddle, and the first thing he wants to do before he decides on the playbook yes. or what the uniform is going to look like is yep. how do we start an FCA huddle? That's yeah. pretty amazing. So true. FCA brings a lot of value. Yeah. I mean, when you look into the things that young adults and coaches and individuals are facing today, well, I think what FCA does is help bring a biblical truth in helping the, our students to have a better worldview of who God call them to be and yeah. who their identity is to not to become a part of this world but to live separate of this world as they are living in this world there are um and, and we, we could say this about young people everywhere anytime there are a lot of challenges oh, yeah. that young people face um and, and when you talk to them you hear some stuff that makes your heart hurt don't yeah you? I, I mean how do you how do you deal with I think sometimes shock. I think sometimes uh, it humbles you. Uh, sometimes it makes you realize that, man, that the importance of being grounded, the importance yeah. of a family structure, the importance of a mom and dad, the importance of a, a young adult's foundation. And if we can be a part of positively impacting their life, man, that's, that's, that's humbling because, man, you are now changing the trajectory of what the rest of their life will look like. If right. they go to college, if they get married one day, what type of husband, what type of wife they may be, what type of parent that they're going to be. And I think FCA has that impact because I've seen it before. I've seen yeah. kids that we've touched their lives in junior high, and now they're in their 30s, and they look back at that moment when they gave their life to the Lord through FCA that has totally, radically changed their life. I've never seen any data, empirical data on this. This is an observation for mm -hmm. me. I feel like the teams, and let's take TCU for example. Yes the teams that are more proactive when it comes to FCA, mm -hmm. the teams that, that uh, are tighter in that organization, yep. are more successful. I, I totally agree. I, I mean, if you bring it here, yeah. I mean, you look at the Rose Bowl team. Yes. I mean, you, that was a, a walking missionary team for the yes, most it, part. Yes, it was. I mean, you had, you know, Andy Preacher Dalton. Yeah. Uh, you had so many other guys who had great character. And even in 2014, I mean, you had a group of guys where going into that season, we took the largest group of football players to the, our, our annual collegiate camp that we do right. in Glen Rose, Texas. And so if you give me a group of guys and girls 
who are at least pursuing the harder things, what that says to me is that there's a level of maturity, there's a level of responsibility, there's a level of not playing for themselves, but they're playing for for God and they're playing for their teammates. There's your recruiting tool right there. I mean, I, that, you just go to the coach and say, you want to win a conference championship? Hey, you got to do the FCA. F- FCA, simple you as that. Bring us All right, big event coming up. I want to get into yes, this. Sir. Uh, because you mentioned the Rose Bowl team. Yep. And really for the first time, we got a chance to honor that team mm-hmm. at an event that you're putting on. Give us the details on it. So our annual FCA banquet is going to be April 28th. It's right. going to be in the indoor practice facilities. Uh, program will start at 630. Uh, we'll have seven members from the Rose Bowl team that will do a Q&A with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll share that experience. And then we'll probably have somewhere between 30 to 50 of uh, the former Rose Bowl players wow. in the audience wow. hanging out that night, wow. uh, sharing memories. And the thing that I love about that event, it is, it's our EPSI. It's our, it's our Academy Awards. Yes. It's our opportunity to share what God is doing through the ministry of TCUFCA. Yeah. And, and we'll hear from Coach Sonny Dykes. And then we'll also hear from our student uh, student athletes who will share with the ministry of FCA and the impact that it's having on their life. So the Rose Bowl guys will be there. Coach Dykes is going to tell you the role that uh, that Jesus has played in his life, which Correct. is pretty impressive yep. to hear him talk about that. Then the student athletes who are on campus right now. Yes, sir. Uh, he, he says it's, it's like the Oscars, and it, it, it's a lot better than the Oscars, man. <laughs> it, it is a lot better than the Oscars. I'm looking forward to it. It's always a, it's always a great event. All right, give me the dates again because we want to put this up on the yeah, screen. So dates is April 28th, yep. uh, indoor practice facility. Uh, you can find out more information at tcufca.org. All right, man. He is doing amazing work. Chauncey Franks, you and your staff, you got a great team. We do. I know, and we need to brag on them as well. Man, so we have a phenomenal team. The best the best FCA collegiate team in the nation. Right. Um, final question, most important one. The best barbecue in Fort Worth right now can be found at? Man, Panther City. Panther City. Yeah, was gonna, Get the dreams. A, see, I, he's <laughs> always got a place. Good to see you, man. You too, brother. All right, Chauncey Franks joining us here on Frogs Today. Still to come, LaDainian Tomlinson, our headliner. But first, Braden Taylor from the TC basketball, uh, baseball team, the third baseman. He joins us next when Frogs Today continues in a moment. Say hello to the water of tomorrow, Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain, refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water, and rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. The Flying Tea Club provides the everyday TCU fan and alum the ability to specifically support TCU student-athletes. Flying Tea Club offers three levels of memberships. The Flying Tea Club is a nonprofit organization supporting the brand development of TCU student-athletes through a series of unique event-based networking opportunities, which are exclusive to our members. These events provide a great social engagement tool for our members and student-athletes alike. Follow them on Instagram at Flying Tea Club or online at flyingteaclub.com. Hi, this is longtime Fort Worth Star-Telegram journalist Mac Engel inviting you to join me for the Engel Angle podcast bi-monthly on Wednesdays with guests from the world of sports, entertainment, and general interest. I'll bring my unique perspective and an entertaining spin to every episode. Listen anywhere you get your podcasts or at engleangle.com. That's E-N-G-E-L-A-N-G-L-E.com. The Ingle Angle is a Roxo Media House production.
Frog fans, TCU Baseball introduces the Frog Flex Pack. This new addition this season gives fans the flexibility and power to decide what games they want to attend. The TCU Baseball Frog Flex Pack gives fans 10 vouchers to redeem for GA tickets at any home game this season for a low price of just 80 bucks. That's right, $80. Be sure to purchase your very own Frog Flex Pack today. Call 817-257-3764 or visit GoFrogs.com. Frogs Today continues our headliner, LaDainian Tomlinson, is going to stop by here shortly. But first, when we were visiting earlier with him in the green room here at the Flying T Club Studios, one of the things that Braden Taylor told us was, hey, you know, why am I not the headliner here today? We'll, we'll treat him like that as we welcome the third baseman for the Horn Frogs, Braden Taylor, to the set. Braden, come on out, my man. How are you, buddy? Good, how are you? Good to have you, man. Grab a seat here. Let's visit. Yes, sir. All the way from uh, West Jordan, Utah yes, sir. to Fort Worth, Texas. How does that happen? Uh, you know, I'm just uh, playing baseball, you know, playing travel ball, and they just got to see me playing in Arizona. And then, you know, life happens. Now I'm here. So you're, you're playing travel ball in Utah for a team. Big tournament in, in, in Arizona. Had you had any contact with TCU prior to that? Uh, not with TCU, no. I uh, I had a teammate on my team named Joey Dixon. He uh, he was a pitcher, and you know he started that game. So Coach Sarlos was out there watching him. Right. Then he ended up seeing me play too, and then he texted Coach Mo and said, "Hey, come watch this kid play." And then that's how I got in contact with him. Now the word on the street is that Coach Mo loved you, uh, and the, and the Coach Mo wasn't gonna let you up. Was that what the, is that the way it rolled out for you? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I love talking to Coach Mo. Uh, you know, my first conversation with him was it was awesome because I had no idea who he was. I, I didn't know much about TCU before even talking to him. Uh, but then, you know, talking to Coach Mo was just it was awesome. And it felt like good from the beginning. So it was awesome. There's some decent baseball, by the way, in the state of Utah, uh, Utah, BYU, uh, Utah, so others that play it. How did you get out of the state? How did they let you out? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I only had a only had a few offers. Uh, it was just BYU, Utah and here. Mm -hmm. I just felt like I made the right decision. Uh, when I came on the visit here, it just felt more like home than anything. I mean, it was tough leaving home because, man, I love Utah. Yeah. So, you know, it's a beautiful state. But, you know, just coming here, it just felt like I, I belonged. I felt like I would fit in here. It was, it was awesome. So I loved it. Speaking of uh, coming home or finding a home, you uh, coming up, you were a shortstop predominantly, right? Now, now at third, give me some sense of the comfort zone there for you. It was definitely a switch for sure. But, you know, I had some experience playing third base, you know. It's, a, it's definitely a lot different position because balls get hit a lot harder and it's more of a reaction. Uh, but I felt like it was a it was a good transition. Like, I'm still able to play short. I'll, I'll play wherever they put me. Yeah. So that's, and I love it. Yeah, freshman of the year in the Big 12, by the way, is uh, Braden. Give me some idea. To, Kirk Sarlos now is the head coach. Mm -hmm. we, we, we talk about him being a player's coach. Yeah. And that should not be taken as a negative because there's no one more intense or competitive than him, is there? Right. No, Coach Sarlos gets after it. I mean, we all love having him as a head coach. Um, I mean, I feel like he's just really there for us. Uh, I feel like, I mean, all of us would want to go to war for him. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's a really good feeling when you know that he's behind you when we're in the dugout. Yeah, uh, 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 this team, you, tell, you can kind of tell there's a brotherhood you're mm -hmm. building. Uh, it, it looks as if you guys not only spend a ton of time uh, on the field and, and in practice and workouts getting ready for it, but off the field as well, and this is a tight-knit group. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coming here, I mean, I didn't really know anybody, uh, but once I got involved with the team, it's like I gained 40 new brothers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's really cool. I've made some of my lifelong best friends here. Uh, 
and I just love every second of it. What, what do y'all do outside of baseball? What do you do for fun? Uh, well, we don't get much time outside yeah. of baseball. I mean, it is a really busy lifestyle, but what we like to do is, uh, for the most part, is just relax. Like, you know, sit on the couch, watch TV. Right. Uh, sometimes, you know, we'll go out and uh, just go hang out with some other friends. Like, what's great about TCU is it's not just a baseball team. Like, we've made friends with other sports teams, like yeah. women's soccer, volleyball, beach volleyball, basketball. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's, it's a really, really tight-knit community. And it was a big point of uh, me coming here was I saw that. That's what I wanted. Are you into video games or anything like that? I love video games. Oh, yeah? What are you into? Uh, I play a lot of uh, Call of Duty, uh, Fortnite. Uh, How do you stack up on the team? Like, is I mean, uh, are you you one of the better ones? I would consider myself. Would other guys admit that? Oh, yeah. Other guys would definitely admit if I asked them. Yeah, if you ask them. If I ask them. Yeah, if I ask them. They might tell you that I'm better than other teams okay so yeah I, I like that i'm just what uh it's so if, if, if video games in your downtime you come from the state of utah i'm sure you love the outdoors man it, coming from the state of utah uh do, do you get a chance i mean baseball guys play golf all the time don't they mm-hmm. i thought that's what you guys did in your downtime yeah we we have a lot of guys that go out and play golf yeah. i haven't been as much i'm not that good yeah i mean i swing a baseball bat left-handed but i golf right-handed okay so it kind of so it kind of kind of flip-flops so I just haven't had much time to practice, but I love to, whenever I go out, I love to play. I can see myself getting better, but I just don't have much time to go out and play. It was good seeing uh, your, your mother and your aunt, I mm-hmm. think, were here last weekend for the series. I know that was fun for you to have them in, in the crowd, wasn't it? It's always awesome to have family here. Uh, it was good to see my mom and my aunt. You know, I don't get to see them often just because I'm always down here and it's, you know, tough for them to get out here as well. But yeah. it's, it's always very special when they come out. You, uh, what are you majoring in? I'm a major in uh, communications with a minor in business. What What do you want to do? Do you know? Uh, not anything specific yet. I yeah. want to uh, kind of stick around baseball, kind of like be that way. Uh, maybe like coaching somewhere. Coach, front office, yeah. something like that. Something like that. Maybe a TV analyst, something yeah. like that. You want You want to do the TV thing with us? Yeah, if y'all offer huh? me, I, I mean, I can try. All right, let's do it right now. Then all you got to say is Ladanian Tomlinson is coming up next on Frogs Today. Can you do this, Braden? All right, do it. Go. Ladanian Tomlinson is coming up next on Frogs Today. I think you got a few. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Really awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming yeah. by. Thank you so much. All right, Brady. We'll do that after we do this. What do you call a Fort Worth-centric podcast featuring guests of international, national, and local fame? Fortitude FW. Why catch the latest episode? Because every guest has a story to tell. Join hosts J.W. Wilson and Britton Payne every Friday for the latest stories from noted Fort Worthians in business, sports, lifestyle, entertainment, law enforcement, politics, and, well, you get the idea. Fortitude FW, where the stories never die. Listen anywhere you get your podcast or at FortitudeFW.com. Fortitude FW is a Roxo Media House production. Crooks, criminals, killers. These stories of crime and punishment in the 21st century Western society as told through the lens of retired Fort Worth vice cop Jake White and investigative journalist John Henry. Catch a new episode every Saturday anywhere you get your podcast or at Signal51Chronicles.com. Signal 51 Chronicles is a Roxo Media House production. Frog fans, it's time for Friday Night Lights at the Carter. TCU football is set to host their spring scrimmage Friday, April 22nd. So bring out the entire family to enjoy this free event. Take advantage of happy hour specials at the concession stand all evening. And after the scrimmage, enjoy a fireworks show, followed by team autographs on the field. Gates open at 6. The scrimmage kicks off at 7. Can't make it to Amon G. Carter Stadium? No worries. You can also tune into ESPN Plus for a full telecast of the event. For more information, check out GoFrogs.com. 
frogstoday.com is the ultimate TCU sports fan community. Members enjoy exclusive content from inside the locker room, feature presentations, access to athletes, coaches, and alumni that are making headlines, and a live show featuring Brian Estridge. Join us and an interactive sports community full of Horned Frog fans now at frogstoday.com. Frogs Today is a Roxo Media House production. Well, our next guest on Frogs Today needs no introduction. Uh, the most popular Horned Frog, I'm going to go ahead and say, of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome the Pro Football Hall of Famer, LaDainian Tomlinson, L.P. Horn. I'm great, Brian. It's been a while since we've gotten a chance to talk, I so know. I'm glad to be able to sit down with you in this brand new studio. Well, I'm honored that you would be here because uh, we, we wanted to christen it with you. Uh, we, <laughs> we thought, you know what, we'll start at the top with it. I, I want to um, spend a lot of time talking about you. And and I, I know that sometimes you and I have talked in the past, you're not, you'd rather talk about other stuff. Yeah. But there's a couple of things that I, I want to make sure that folks who are, are maybe being introduced to Ladanian for the first time know. Uh, and, and let's, so let's go way back first. We'll, we'll, we'll rewind things. You're growing up outside of Waco. You're seven years old. And your dad left. Mm-hmm. How has that driven you to be the husband and the father and the man that you are today? Yeah, I think um, you you take your experiences growing up, good or bad, and ultimately you apply them to your life, you know, and your family. and situations and experiences that you may go through. And I, I think, you know, the bad stuff, obviously, the bad experiences, you know, obviously some of them I had no control of, including, you know, my father leaving and my parents getting divorced. That happens in over 50% of, of marriages right. in this country. But I think the other thing is, you, you know, you learn from those experiences how you're going to do certain things better when you're in that position. You know, and so the other thing I think, you understand the responsibility uh, to the folks around you, your family, right? As you get older. And I certainly understood as my father left and then ultimately my father passed, you know, after my sixth year in the National Football League, I became the patriarch of my family, you know, at, at that age. And so it wasn't without mistakes in dealing with family and friends. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think you, you just do the best you can. And knowing that all those experiences in the past has really shaped who Ladanian is today. Before you became the patriarch, there was a really strong matriarch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and she has been. I mean, she, yeah. your, your mother is pretty special. She's a special woman. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because now I'm able to reflect, now that I have kids, I'm able to reflect on certain things that she did consistently with, with me and my siblings um, that really had a, a profound impact on the way I would live my life growing up. Mm-hmm. For example, my mom used to, at the breakfast table, she would read the paper and find all these news articles and stories of kids our age doing certain things where there was hey, this kid got in trouble for selling drugs or, you know, this kid was in a gang and ended up, you know, getting killed for God's sake, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, this is this kid here got a scholarship and he's going to look read this story. Right. She did a great job of putting that in front of my face. And, and really, I, I think what that does is is makes you understand that you are not invisible. Mm-hmm. You know, like these are things that are happening to kids your age. 
So at the end of the day, you're going to have um, choices that you're going to have to make outside of this house yeah. that can have profound consequences on your future. And so knowing all those things, and she catered to the fact that she knew what my goals and dreams were. Right. I told her at a seven, as seven early years on, old, right. early yeah. on, what I wanted to do. So she hit, she held me to those standards and kept me accountable to what I told her I wanted to do. Did she preach? She did. She yes. did? Yes. And I don't mean just to, I don't, I'm not talking about preaching to you at home, no, like, no. like my mama did to me. <laughs> right. But, uh, no, no. but I mean, but she actually would get in the pulpit, right? Yes, she would, you know, to the entire congregation. Yeah. Um, and I, I think those were, you know, to, to see her in that light, to see her leading so many people, I, I think it honestly gave gave me confidence of, and this is this is who my mother is. Right. You know, she's a leader. So what's expected of me? How can I go outside of this house and represent her and not be a leader, be a follower, you know, yeah. uh, succumb to peer pressure and all these different things that happens to a lot of adolescents, you know, kids. Yeah. And so that that part, now I'll tell you, Brian, it wasn't always that way. Mm -hmm. You know, early on, my mom wasn't the same. You know, she, you know, she hung out and, and you know, she had friends, they would, come over to the house mm -hmm. and hang out, play cards. And church wasn't involved mm -hmm. until when I turned 13 years old, something changed in her. Mm -hmm. And she became full on, you know, into you know being a Christian mm -hmm. and, and obviously being a pastor. Mm -hmm. and, and that's when uh, it was at the right time in my life yeah. that she did that. Yeah, that's a pretty formative part of your growing up as a man. Absolutely. You, you talked about mistakes along the way. Uh, when you when you're growing up, you're coming out of high school. You're in you're, you're in high school, coming out of high school, and then deciding where you're going to go to college. Who who were you leaning on? I mean, it, who was giving you the advice to to stay the, the the right path to to choose to go to college? Did you have people in your life that you could count? Well, I did. Other I, than your mom, yeah. Well, I did. I had some excellent high school coaches. Yeah. You know, um, Coach Leroy Coleman, uh, who's recently passed away, right. uh, was my high school coach and. You know, he, along with a number of other, Walter Brown, my running backs coach, really, um, you know, kind of imparted in me the importance of going to that next level mm -hmm. and not being afraid to to get out, you know, and attack yeah. college. Because, listen, you know, sometimes kids are afraid of failure. Like, if I get outside of my comfort zone, if I leave Waco, then I don't think I'm going to be successful. This is all I know. And those men did a great job of instilling in me, like, no, you have what it takes. You should go off and do great things. And it it was really because of Walter Brown, my running backs coach, that I, I think I took an interest in preparing for college at so young, in the 10th grade. That's when I, I started to prepare for college and really think about going to the next level. And it was because of that man. Where would you have gone if it wouldn't have been TCU? So it was going to be maybe Baylor mm -hmm. or North Texas mm -hmm. or maybe UTEP. Okay. Now, Texas A&M, uh, in all honesty, you know, Texas A&M was recruiting me. Right. And it was between me and another a running back. Uh -huh. So I guess we have to thank Texas A&M in a way because if they would have offered me yeah, I don't know if I'll be at TCU. All right, let's ask this, and, I, and we don't have to. We, I don't want you to name his name. How many years did that guy play in the NFL? I don't think he did. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, 11 years in the NFL for LaDainian Tomlinson, a Hall of Fame member, obviously. Uh, multiple Pro Bowls. I mean, we could talk about all the, the accolades and, and the numbers that people remember. The 406, though, yeah. will always stand out to me against UTEP. Uh, and for folks who don't know, that was a record at the time, single-game record. You come to TCU, Dennis Franchoni take, comes over as coach, takes over after a one-win season, and you're playing UTEP, and Ladanian touches it, and he touches it, and he touches it for 406. Mm-hmm. Did At the time, did you know how big of a deal that was? I did not. I, I did not. In fact, I just remember at halftime, I only had like, you know, a little over 100 yards. Like, you think 400 yards, Jesus, you must have 250 at halftime. Sure. No, I, had, I think I had less than 150 yeah. at halftime. And I remember just before halftime, I fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Coach Francione got on my butt in, in the locker room. You know, hold on to the ball. You you blowing the game. And, and I went back out because the last thing he said, we're going to keep giving it to you. Hold on to it. So I went back out with the mindset that I was going to take control of this game because I knew that our offensive line was dominating right. their defensive line, and they had two pros they on did. that on that defensive line I at know. the time. Yep. One of them, Brian Young, who yep. played a long time in the National Football League, and we still joke about that, <laughs> that game right. uh, to this day. But going back to that game, coming out halftime, I just remember thinking I have to make up for the fumble that I had going into halftime. And Brian, it's the fourth quarter, and the game is almost pretty much in hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, all right, it's Did over. My job. Did, Did my, my job. job. Yeah. I get, you know, I run off the field, get to the sideline, and Fran said, you're only like eight yards from, from setting an all-time record in one game. And so I went back out there. And I think at the time it was like, it was like, 386 maybe or 390 something and so I got it and I started to run off the field and friend said you're about to get 400 yards no one has ever done that get back in there and so he gave me one more carry to get me over 400 yards into 406. Has anybody I'm sure people have asked this how how sore were you the next day? You know what I I uh actually barely touched but, but the funny thing was I felt like after the game like I can keep going. Mm-hmm. I think it was the adrenaline of all the national attention. If sure. you remember, oh, yeah. I mean, it was so much national attention on after that game. And so I remember going home and a lot of the guys, you know, in college, you think, man, let's go out and celebrate. Yeah. And I said, okay, we'll go out. And I, I sat on the couch for a second. <laughs> and it was over. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go out that yeah. night, just to say the least. That's when you, uh, that was really the coming out. You became the man yeah. at that point. Uh, prior to that at TCU, a couple of years prior, you, you were splitting time with Basil Mitchell. Mm-hmm. And and I, I I like to joke that the only guy that kept uh, LaDainian Thomas from, from starting to t- at tailback was uh, was Basil Mitchell. Yeah. Well, you could say it was Dennis Franchoni, too. We joked about that <laughs> with him, you know, yeah. but he was the only guy. But you and Basil had a had a really cool relationship. Yeah. Is that still does, – does this still exist? Yeah, we still have a really good relationship, really good friends. Um, and I credit Basil – for really motivating me to come to TCU because on my recruiting visit at the, you know, they, they usually bring in the veteran guys to have breakfast, you know, with the, with the recruits. Yeah. And so we're sitting there, you know, some of the recruits running backs, here come Basil Mitchell, you know, he sit down with us and 
eating and he's like, so where else you guys inter interested in coming? And so we're talking, a little small talk. And, and the last thing he says, well, you guys shouldn't come here because you're going to sit the bench if you come here. And I took it as a challenge, you know, I'm, right. I said, okay. And I ended up coming, obviously, and we had a little friendly rivalry, a competition of pushing each other. Yeah. And, and that's what, what it was it, it was really all about. But I do remember, um, so I don't know if you remember, my sophomore year when Francione first came in mm -hmm. and it was open competition yep. and Basil and I was, oh, was battling out, yeah. right? So I ended up winning the job. Right. But fullbacks weren't playing well yep. at the time. They had to make a move. And Francione called us in the office and he said, I need my two best running backs on the field. LT, you're big enough that you can play fullback, but I'll make a deal with you. You're going to still play running back. Single back situations, you will still be the back. Okay, fine. Yeah. So about three games in, it wasn't going like that. Right, right. You, know, no, you, know, you, you were just fullback yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah. Basil was, you know, having <laughs> an outstanding year so far. Yeah. And and I went in to talk to Fran. And people probably don't know this. And I was, I was about to uh, transfer mm -hmm. at that point. Because I knew in my heart I wasn't a fullback. And I felt like high school was repeating itself. Right. If you remember. Yeah, you didn't. Yep. I played fullback in high school, sophomore and junior year. Didn't get the opportunity until my senior year. And then now I'm at TCU in my sophomore year. I'm playing fullback right. again. And so I saw that in my mind as I can't do this again. I have to prove that I'm a running back. And when I went in and talked to Fran, I said, Fran, I mean, I, I've done what I can to help this team. I said, but I'm not I'm not a fullback, Coach. Yeah. I said, I'm, I'm going to transfer. He said, no, we're moving you back to running back today. <laughs> we were just going to do that tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it worked out since. LaDainian Tomlinson with us. The um, you, you think about, you, you mentioned thinking about transferring. And the state of the college game today, yeah. because of the transfer portal, because of the name, image, and likeness deals, I know you as a fan of college football. Mm -hmm. Are you worried about it? I am worried about it because what we have created is free agency in college football. I mean, we have always had, you know, we know that scholarships are one-year contracts mm -hmm. and the kids have the opportunity to renew or not, you know. But I think where we are now, the market is so competitive between these, these universities, especially with, you know, the NIL deals. Yep. Uh, transfer portal and all these things, I'm, I'm afraid we may get to a point where where it's just a wild, wild west, truly. Like, you cannot control if a kid is going to leave or not, no matter what he's been offered. Right. If there's a better situation, then he's out. Yeah. You know, he's out of there. And, and honestly, at the end of the day, what does that teach our kids? Yeah. You know, to quit or to just run off on, on you know, someone – uh, because there's a better situation, you think the grass is much greener mm -hmm. on the other side. I think that's setting the wrong message, sending the wrong message, I should say. Mm -hmm. But until the NCAA does something about it, Brian, and kind of gets a grip on it, we're going to have this free agency in college football. Yeah. You weren't paid in college. You got a scholarship. Right. There's value in that scholarship, is, it, is there not? I mean, you, you got a degree from TCU. Yeah. Do we devalue that when we say, oh, we've got to pay him to come to TCU? Well, it shouldn't be devalued. It absolutely should not be. But at the same time, it's like the competitive market that that 
NCAA has created. Mm -hmm. I mean, because think about it, it's, it's, it's no longer enough to just have the scholarship, Brian. Right. Um, if we're on the same team, we both have that scholarship, but you're driving a, a Benz, yeah. you know, and I'm in a Honda, yeah. you know, but we play the same, right. you know, we're both all conference, then that doesn't equal out. Yeah. And so now you start having the, the competition and the mm -hmm. side eyes, side yeah. eyes in the locker room, which you absolutely do not want. No, I've heard stories, I'm not gonna tell you from who, I've heard stories where schools are, you know, the, the, the a starting unit is getting paid, getting, getting oh, yeah. an IL deal. Mm -hmm. And the backups are going full speed in practice. And, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to say they're intentionally trying to hurt them. But, you know, they're trying to move those guys out. So then all of a sudden they're the starter and they get paid. You know, when you start to create issues like that. That's a problem. That's a major that's problem. That's a major problem. So what's going to happen is you're going to have to end up giving everybody something. Yeah. Even if it's not equal. And we know there's it's impossible yeah, you can't. for it to be equal. But you have to give those those young men and women that's underneath those yeah. starters, you have to give them something. Yeah. And those are the things that um, I don't think we've fully wrapped our head around, you know, in terms of the college game yet. You know, NCAA, they, they really, you know, don't understand how to wrap their, their minds around that part of it. Um, you know, but I will say it's... It, you know, it's the old saying of you can't please everybody. No. So at the same time, we're going to simply lose some people. Yeah. Because that's just the way it is. Yeah. And you and I were talking off air about the fact, you know, TCU is in a position where, you know, they have a lot to sell. You got a lot of, a lot of good things going on at TCU. Now, they may not be in a position that some schools are as far as the NIL is concerned. And, and you pointed out that, hey, maybe TCU just has to say, here's who we are. And here's what you get from TCU. And and you and you and you rest on those principles and say, hey, here's what we're all about. I mean, yeah, can that be done? I think so. I think there's a lot of really good people around Fort Worth. Yeah, you know, good uh, business people that can create this certain type of resources and great experiences for our student athletes right. to make them feel like, oh man, you know, I'm connected to this community. I'm con connected with this brand. Maybe I don't want to go nowhere and try to chase. Yeah. you know, more money. And at the end of the day, we will never be able to compete with some of the brands of Alabama and Ohio right. State. That's just, that just what it is. If they want to just throw money at exactly. it. Exactly. Right. That, that part of it. Right. But I think we can offer certain experiences mm -hmm. that will be attractive to kids to make them want to stay. Um, and then at the end of the day, a brand that you have built, and, you know, I've had this conversation with my own nephew who plays mm -hmm. on the team. Yep. A brand that you have built at this school for three years, people know you. Why would you leave I know. for one year and try to build it somewhere else? Yep. You know, like those are things that, that kids have to decide. Yep. But I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you have to have the right people advising you as well to yep. make those decisions. That's part one of our conversation with Hall of Famer LaDainian Tomlinson. Next week here on Frogs Today when the Hall of Famer sits down with us, we'll talk about success and failures and how it's affected his family. That's part two next week. We invite you to be back with us uh, for that edition of our conversation with LaDainian Tomlinson. Still to come here on Frogs Today, the roundtable of insiders. Jeff Wilson and Jamie Plunkett join us next when we continue in a moment.
Say hello to the water of tomorrow, Richard's Rainwater. Richard's Rainwater is 100% rain, refreshing, renewable, and the only ingredient we use in our water. Why rain? Because everyone deserves access to clean water, and rain is a 100% renewable resource available everywhere. Drink the rain. Save the planet. Shop now at richardsrainwater.com. Frog fans, it's time for Friday Night Lights at the Carter. TCU football is set to host their spring scrimmage Friday, April 22nd. So bring out the entire family to enjoy this free event. Take advantage of happy hour specials at the concession stand all evening. And after the scrimmage, enjoy a fireworks show, followed by team autographs on the field. Gates open at 6. The scrimmage kicks off at 7. Can't make it to AMG Carter Stadium? No worries. You can also tune into ESPN Plus for a full telecast of the event. For more information, check out GoFrogs.com. Hey, if you're looking for a fun place to host a company party or large gathering, look no further than TCU Baseball. They invite you to reserve your spot in Home Run Alley. Home Run Alley, the new and improved hospitality area at Leptum Stadium that includes 25 tickets and a covered tent with rental purchase. Additional catering options are available to purchase. Lock in your spot at Frog Alley this season by calling 817-257-3764 or visit gofrogs.com. Now for the fun part of the show as we welcome in our uh, Frogs Today insiders. Melissa has a day off. By the way, before we get started, fellas, we do have a major announcement here uh, and that we want to welcome to the Frogs Today family, the Lubton Drinking yes. Club. Uh, they will be with us next week. We're honored to have them as part of the Frogs Today family as well. So uh, I know you played a vital role in that. Those are uh, uh, guys that, uh, if nothing else, Jamie, they keep it interesting. They don't lack for content, we'll right. say that. But they are a good group of guys that love TCU baseball, and uh, we're really excited to have them on board. They're, they're going to be with us on Monday talking baseball and uh, among other things. And I, I want to start with that, if I could, with you, Jeff Carr. Sure. I, I, I want to make uh, sure, that Jeff Wilson, that uh, Matt Carpenter's status is understood now with the Texas Rangers. Where are we on that deal? Sure. He uh, signed a, major a minor league deal to come to camp, okay. did not make the team. Uh, he had outs, um, I believe April 2nd, he had an out five days before the, the start of the, the major league season, May 1st and June 1st. He didn't take the out. Okay. He's, he's going to accept assignment to AAA Round Rock. He has accepted assignment. He's available to play for them, uh, Wednesday night, tonight. Um, he, he wants to go down there and get at bats. He hasn't really, if you look at his last two seasons, he, especially last season, yeah. the Cardinals, he didn't have a consistent at bats. If you're a hitter. You need consistent at bats. Uh, he's made some change, some changes to his swing, so he needs to see those play out. Uh, he's not going to play every day at Round Rock. Uh, the younger players are, are going to get at bats, but depending on what the Rangers do with their opening day roster, there may be some guys that get DFA'd, get claimed, and, and that's going to create opportunities. But he's, he is going to play. He is going to get at bats, and he's he is intent on forcing his way into the, the is, Rangers lineup. Is there anything he could have done to make the team? No, and, and I think they told him that, too. Okay, you know. so he couldn't have gone out and blown it out and still probably wouldn't have made the team. Maybe if he'd done that. But, you know, he he signed late. Spring spring training was already short because of the lockout. Yeah. He signs late. He gets to camp late. He he was there maybe three weeks, and, and that just wasn't enough time. And and I think that happened to a lot of guys. A lot of guys who had, if they had been a, a six-week full spring training, there would have been rosters looking a lot different um, than they're going to look on opening day. Okay. And I, I think he's one of the players – and players in his group, they're called 20B free agents. That's right. getting kind of deep in baseball talk. But guys like him, 
needed more time to make make their case, and because of the lockout, they didn't get it. Now you said he's going to prove them wrong, right? That's, that's, his, what, he that's what he says. He's going to yeah. prove them wrong. Yeah. Get it. Make that right. By the way, uh, two things to note. You notice the hat, right? The lid that oh, he's wearing. Right. You know, he's, he's got his flying tea club lid on. I noticed that. Nice job <laughs> there. And, and then rangerstoday.com yes. uh, is rolling out as we speak. Folks can uh, log on to this website. It is the place to be as far as rangers. Give us some ideas to what folks will see there. Uh, well, it, I think it's going to, we think we're going to be open for the, the ranger season opener Friday. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to be, if, if you subscribe to my, my sub stack or have been over there, yeah. same stuff, just it's going to be presented differently, uh, a lot better. Yeah. You know, sub stack is very bare bones. This is, this is going to be like a website. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to have tabs and drop down menus and all that stuff. And you can easily access stories. The content's not changing. We're still going to have Friday on the farm with the Sunday read TR's memoirs podcast will be in here next week. Mm-hmm. The Texas Rangers baseball podcast, and it's all going to be in one spot. Yeah. And Price isn't changing. Five ninety nine a month, sixty dollars a year. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm back on the road now. Yeah, I mean this is a as far as Tarrant County based media outlets go, we blow away the competition. Oh, yeah. We're number one when it comes to covering the Rangers. We're, you know, we, we can make a case for number one just as, as on the beat in general. Well, so, yeah, the Rangers authority, I think, is the yeah, way to put this it. Is, this, is a, this is a very exciting, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. All right, check that out, rangerstoday.com, of course. Now, a guy who lives at frogstoday.com, and he lives in our Lizard Lounge uh, most of the time, and we encourage you to, to log on to that. Uh, Jamie Plunkett's with us right now. Speaking of baseball. Uh, you were there the other night when Kirk Sarlos had a little run-in with an umpire. Yes. Uh, you you had the video posted real fast. You talked to him post-game about it. Give me some sense as to what went on, what went on in the dugout, what led to it, and were there any ramifications afterwards? So that last question first, I don't think there are going to be any ramifications. I haven't been able to get in contact with the Big 12 to see if they're doing anything with the umpire on their end. Right. Uh, but the whole situation really started to develop on Friday night. Uh, there was a really controversial ending to the baseball game Friday night. TCU, uh, David Bishop struck out with the bases loaded with the Frogs down a run. Uh, I think most Frog fans would contest that the pitch was a little bit outside. Right. Uh, I think video kind of revealed that same thing. Um, but the umpire left the field before anybody could approach him to really have a conversation about that call. Saturday morning, as the coaches are handing the lineup cards to one another and they're all shaking hands with the umpires, Sarlos has uh, a couple of words for that sure. umpire who's uh, who had made the call the night prior. He's like, hope you slept well. Yeah, really, dinner. you're, yeah, you're yeah. looking great today. You're having yeah. a great hair day, that <laughs> yeah, kind of right. thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so... They uh, have this heated exchange at home plate before the Saturday game even begins, and that just kind of sets off the rest of the weekend right there, knowing that Kirk hadn't let it go, and that umpire's kind of got a grudge now. And so on Sunday, uh, that umpire is at second base, but he is the crew chief, so any review, he's the one that's going into TCU's dugout to review the play. Uh, And so there was a play at home plate where a player got either hit in the wrist or the ball hit the, the butt of his bat. So they go in to review it. Uh, Sarlos wanted to clarify with the umpire that it was the request of the home plate umpire to review the play and not his because coaches only get two. Right. Home plate umpires can request however many they want. Uh, and so he asked that question, and of course this is all coming from Sarlos's perspective. He asked that question, and the umpire didn't appreciate that very much, got into his face, uh, and, and you know Sarlos didn't back down there, and they had a, a, a pretty heated argument. I don't, again, I don't think anything is going to come out of it. Uh, I personally uh, think it's good for a manager to step up for sure. his players yeah. uh, and to kind of stand his ground in a situation like that. Uh, you know, also, uh, 
it's pretty clear that umpiring is a really difficult profession yeah. uh, and it's a very uh, you know, public profession for when you make mistakes. My, my favorite part of the video was the reaction by the two assistants mm -hmm. and Winkler sitting there, right? Winkler sitting who, there who, and then kind of looked over and saw it happening. So I'm not, I'm not involved <laughs> in that. And then coach Mo gets up at one point. Kind of right? begrudgingly gets off the bench <laughs> and says, all right, I'm going to keep our between. coach from doing something he's going to regret <laughs> later. Yeah. Right. I, I liked it though. I liked the exchange. Speaking of Charlos, uh, announced a little bit of rotation change with mm -hmm. Texas this weekend, right? Yes. So after the Saturday game against West Virginia, where Marcelo Perez came in, pitched six and two thirds innings in relief, did incredibly well, uh, really kind of stabilized TCU and allowed the bats to wake up and win that baseball game. Uh, he has earned his way into the rotation now. So he's replacing Cam Brown as the Saturday starter against Texas. So you'll have Riley Cornelio, who's been really stellar in the Friday slot, right. still pitching Friday. You'll have Marcelo pitching on Saturday, and then Brett Walker finishing things out on Sunday. All right, Jamie's got a terrific podcast. You can find a link to it at uh, frogstoday.com. Last week you spoke with Sam Kahn from The uh, Athletic, talked about the positioning of TCU in the Big 12. I know this week you got Paul Gonzalez, yep. uh, one of the frog assistant football coaches. Speaking of positioning of, the T of TCU and the Big 12, let, let, let's start with Bob Bowlesby. Okay. Announces his uh, retirement as the commissioner of the Big 12. Search will be on. Mm -hmm. Going to be interesting to see so who some of those names are. A lot of people are critical of Bob Bowlesby. You know, it's in a tough situation. It's a tough job. Uh, give me your thoughts on what this means for the Big 12 in the future. You know, I think it, it. I think it's an opportunity for the Big 12 to find someone who is, you know, maybe a little bit more um, outgoing and aggressive when it comes to understanding where to position the conference for the next big phase of realignment. Mm -hmm. You know, I think Bob Bowlesby was always fighting an uphill battle with Texas and Oklahoma as they were pretty resistant to expansion. Uh, and then, you know, however they ended up in the SEC, they ended up in the SEC. I don't necessarily fault him for that. Right. Um, but he was also 70 years old and a granddad of, you know, 10 or 11 kids. And it was probably about time for him to go. I think the next person, uh, the Big 12 really needs to find someone who is, uh, maybe a little bit more aggressive around yeah. uh, the concepts of expansion and uh, is is ready and willing to uh, position the conference so that if the playoff expands, the Big 12 is still uh, you know kind of a factor. Yeah, I, I'd like to see him kind of think outside the box a little bit, uh, JW, because they've got uh, not only that, the playoff to worry about, got a new TV deal coming up. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a different landscape now with it. With the NLI, you got to, or the NIL, I should say, and, yeah. and, and the transfer portal, all of that kind of plays into. Yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's a tough time to be a college administrator and a yeah. college coach. I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, everything's changing. It's it's very fluid. I mean, and uh, with rosters and and conferences and TV money and all of that stuff. I mean, that's always those have always been factors. But uh, it's not a, it's not an easy job and. I kind of liken it to like a, a commissioner of one of the the big four sports leagues, yep. and, and I'm familiar with Rob Manfred. In my case, mm -hmm. he's a representative of the 30 team owners. Right. You know, he right. he does what they say. You know, you you wonder how much power does a guy really have, and especially when you see a Texas and an Oklahoma just decide they're going to leave the conference. Yeah. You know, they're, he he's hamstrung in a lot of ways, and, and maybe takes some blame that he shouldn't. So, uh, you know, I, I I didn't get to know Bob at all. Um, I've, I've watched from afar. You, you see what. The the you know the TCU Baylor sure. sharing the division right. the, the league title in 2014 and how that went down, how neither one of them got into the the, the playoff yeah. you know kind of kind of stings a little bit but uh, I I think ultimately he did, he did a fine job and um, he he did before he left got the conference bolstered a little bit mm -hmm. after their their two uh, lead ponies popped out. 
I kind of like him. I'll be honest with you. He's he's always uh, been cordial. I, I like. I think he's a smart guy. I you know I hope they find somebody who's a class act like him as well. Sure. He's carried himself that way. Uh, Elle's giving us a wrap. She wants us to wrap it up. I got to ask one more thing though. Uh, KU wins the national championship in college basketball. TCU played Kansas as well as anybody uh, this year. How far off is TCU basketball? I think they're still a ways away. I, you know, you look at the top of the conference and, and TCU three. TCU Kansas. TCU beat Kansas. Played they played tight. They, you know, they, they beat Texas Tech this year as well. Right. And, and you, you know, you're talking about Texas Tech and Kansas. He's the national champion, and yet you say they're far off. Well, you know, Mike Miles is going to the NBA. You've right. got to you've got to replace that production. The, they are, I think, set up well for 2022 because of the returning production sure. outside of Mike Miles. But long term, when you start to build a program like this, I think the next step for Dixon isn't really necessarily to talk about national titles. It's talking about consistently getting to the tournament. Yeah. I think that's phase two. And then phase three is how far can we go? There is there's no such thing as long term in college basketball anymore. That's the truth. You yeah. know, I don't know. I mean, because you of look because of the portal. But you look around, too, and you think about long term. How how many years has Mitch Lightfoot been at Kansas? Twenty one. Exactly. And so, but he's not a special player. He's not no, a special no, player, but, but you. But look he at, is a good role player and a glue sure. player, and you want you want well, guys, guys don't like transfer, that. Though. Yeah, no, they, yeah, they don't. Not generally. Yeah. You, you would hope not. How far off is TCU basketball? I mean, I, th- I think they can take a lot from this scene, Kansas, with the national title. Right. Be like, hey, we beat them. We almost beat right. them at their place. Right. They do have to hit hit the portal. They do have to replace Mike Miles. But continuity in this day and age, if if the other ten scholarship players come back, that's something. Okay. You guys haven't forgotten how that Arizona game, right? No, I wake up yeah, in the I just middle of the to night. Make sure you got, cold I mean, they, they were this close. Yeah. I was there. They were, they were this close. They were this close. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for this uh, edition of Frogs Today. We want to encourage you uh, to go to our website, frogstoday.com, dive into that lizard lounge. Uh, these guys will be there every week talking uh, about all the inside stuff that they come up with during the week. And uh, then they'll bring it to us next week for another edition of Frogs Today, right to here from our friends at frogstoday.com. For Jamie and Jeff and all of our crew, thanks for joining us. See you again next week. Are you supposed to be here? Try pulling it harder. Let me in. Harder. Give me one second. Brian. Can you let me in? What's the door code? Five. Did that work? No? Try 21. Come on. Brian. Someone's here to see you. Frogs Today is brought to you by the Flying Tea Club. Supporting TCU student-athletes. And by Richard's Rainwater. Say hello to the water of tomorrow. Frogs Today is a production of Roxo Media House.